0: Hey Bays, welcome to A Little Juju Podcast, a podcast all about reclaiming our ancestral traditions, our inherent magic, and black ass spirituality from the point of view of me, Juju, a millennial medium, Orisha worshiper, conjurer, hoodoo woman, all of those great ass things. So sit back and relax, enjoy the show. We have some dear juju letters today and I'm excited to get into them. Let's drop the intro. All you, all you need is a little juju, all you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is, all you need, all you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day Can for no same for no say And I will never give a play I'll take your photos to, to the, the grave. grave But that ain't even my thing I just stay at the crossroads pray I just pour a little honey from my bay to make them stay Cause I hate when Baileys But I manifest a little with my Baileys I'm my ancestors, baby, so I give them everything that they gave me Ooh, baby, I'ma try so hard to give y'all high energy today, but I really am, like, not feeling too well. I don't know what happened. My throat yesterday was, like, on fire. I'm like, do I have strap? Like, child, I didn't know what was going on. So, you know, I did a little tea, did my cayenne pepper, honey, lemon, uh, ginger. Um, I think that's it. That's, like, my tea that really just will knock it out. Sometimes I put liquor in it, sometimes I don't. I didn't put liquor in it yesterday. And so today my throat doesn't hurt, but I just feel like that after sick feel or like it could start hurting again. So I'm going to try really hard to just keep it together. I got my tea here though. I got some water, so we should be good. So enough about me. Thank you for stopping by and taking a listen to a little juju podcast. It is the holiday season. I hope y'all are doing well. You're high spirits. I know that This time of year is not always easy for people um, for a variety of reasons, so I'm definitely sending you all some love and some peace and happiness during this time, whether you're with family, whether you're alone, whether you're with friends, whether you're doing whatever you're doing, I pray that it is well. And if you are feeling a little lonely, this is a great time to sit with your ancestors and talk to them because they're always around and they are always ready to listen. So just start talking. They, they'll be there <laughs> you'll feel them there um if this time of the year is just a little bit lonely for you um so yeah i just want to say first of all thank you for everybody who sent in a listener letter a dear juju listener letter i've decided that it is called dear juju um so this is your first time tuning in. I actually on Instagram asked for folks to just send me questions that they had and that this whole episode would be dedicated to answering those questions. Um, I was like, I don't feel like thinking of content. Like I don't feel well. I'm really on vacation. So I was actually not even going to put an episode out and I decided like, no, no, I'm going to put out an episode, but it's just going to be me answering questions. So that is what this episode is about. Um, I got a lot of good questions. I got a lot of questions, actually. (laughs) So we're going to try to get through them all. I might not be able to get through every one, but I will space it out so that your questions will be answered in future episodes. And um, yeah, let's get into the show. Actually, let's talk about how you can sustain a little juju podcast. All you need is a little juju. So a little juju podcast is indie as hell, meaning... I think of the content. I take aside time to record. I edit. I produce. <laughs> I do everything for this podcast. I have to do the the marketing and talking about it. So it's it's very indie. it's just me. Um, everything that software or things that I need to buy the new mics, headphones. That's all on me. So. I always ask every episode, if you enjoy the podcast, it would be amazing to me and really helpful to help continue doing this work if I could have some donations. So one of the ways that you can donate to A Little Juju Podcast is through Patreon. And Patreon is this really great site that allows you to pay um, artists monthly. And so for A Little Juju, I ask for $3 a month um, to become a a patron. Uh, For the podcast and I shout you out on the on those episodes after you donate and send you all my good juju and love and I pray for you and um, so that's what it means to be a patron but if you would just like to help support monetarily but just a one-time donation which is also really crucial and necessary and I deeply appreciate you can do that through cash app and my cash app is it's juju Bay. Um, and also my PayPal, the email for the PayPal is thejujubee at gmail.com. And all of this will be on the show notes per usual. Um, but I just want to say thank you always to my patrons. And I, I deeply appreciate y'all because I could not continue to do this show without the monetary support. Because these things cost money and I want to still, I'm still saving up to get um, a new microphone and some headphones and Just some things to make it a little bit easier for me. And eventually, once I really, really get a coin down the line, I would like to start hiring black folk to like help me do this work. So hiring black editors, hiring black producers, hiring black someone who can like transcribe this. And so that folks who maybe not can't hear are able to see and visualize. um, Yeah, or who are able to read um, the content because I just want this to get to everyone. So that's why your donations are super, super important. Um, I also want to say thank you to everyone who sent me the opportunity through Google and PRX. Google and PRX were basically doing this opportunity for podcasters to basically give us a bunch of money and to also give us podcast training on how to make your podcast better, interview tips, just the whole nine. We're working with some like pretty popular big podcasters right now. Um, I did not get that opportunity. But I think it was for the best that I didn't get that opportunity. A lot of people sent it to me, so I felt like I needed to apply. And I'm happy that I did apply. Um, But one of the things I was thinking before I applied was just, you know, how involved do I want Google and a bunch of white people to be in this podcast and to be in this content creation when I'm really like talking to a very specific audience, which is black folks, and I really don't know how much I want them to even hear my work or, or this. And, like, I can't control who listens to the podcast now. But, like, I just felt a little bit weird having Google be such a big part of the podcast. And so when I didn't get it, it was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't think that the opportunity was for me. And I know that, regardless, my people are going to make sure I'm good. And Because my community always takes care of me, and I take care of my community, so... I didn't get that opportunity. It was hella, It was a bag, though. It was, it was a cute-ass bag. But, you know, there's more opportunities in the future. And this podcast will go as far as it's supposed to go. And it will reach who it's supposed to reach. And my ancestors always got me. So I'm not, not tripping at all. But I did want to say thank you to everyone who sent that opportunity to me. If you have other ones, feel free to send it. Because um, why not? And we'll, and we'll see. But that's why, you know being indie and and like relying on the community and donations is so important because these big corporations like who knows what they're looking for who knows they be stealing ideas you you just never know so uh thank y'all so much i'm good even though i didn't get it i'm happy i still feel i'm deeply supported i have patrons you know all all is well all is well all is well if you cannot I make a monetary donation There are so many other ways to donate That truly benefit me And a big way is sharing the podcast When people are asking What are you listening to In your spiritual group Sharing the podcast um, Tagging me on Instagram Talking about it Telling your followers and friends Also rating on whatever platform that you use Subscribing to it Five star reviews All of that benefits me deeply and I'm extremely grateful to read all of the positive feedback that you all give me and even the feedback that's um that might correct me or or have more questions like oh you said this and I thought this or you said this but to my knowledge I know about this thing I always appreciate that too so so thank you thank you thank you I love y'all so much and uh let's just let's get into this show because I'm excited to answer y'all questions
1: all you need is a little juju
0: Okay, let's get into our first listener letter. So, hey, Juju. I just wanted to say how much I love this podcast. Thank you. It's ironic how I found it during the most important time of my life, which is now. I'm in a new spiritual journey for myself that now involves ancestor veneration and learning more about ATRs. There's some other stuff that I'm not going to read. I'm just going to get to the question. Okay, so my question is, when you first began ancestor veneration, did you ever feel that the work you were doing to connect with them, praying, praying, Offerings, convos wasn't going anywhere. Meaning, did you have an expectation on how the relationship with your ancestors should be? I don't want to give up on getting to know them, but my fantasy version on how my relationship with them is supposed to look like, and comparing it to other people's relationship with their egoons. egun is ancestor in Yoruba, on social media is getting in the way of forming an authentic bond with them. Uh, and they go on to say, some people are able to directly communicate with them, see them, hear them and that their relationship is more ambiguous. So second question, how do I continue to have faith that they are here with me, listening to me without having the expectation that they have to directly talk to me? I hope this makes sense. And then PS, how long did it take for them to directly respond to you when venerating them? So this is a really great question. Um, And this is something that a lot of people go through, including me. So don't feel bad. When I first started to do ancestral veneration, I was like, okay, so I'm just sitting here at this little altar thing I made talking to myself. That's pretty much what I just was like, this is, this is not real. Like I'm just sitting here talking to myself. I don't hear nothing. I ain't thinking nothing. I don't feel nothing. I just, and you know, I think Hollywood and a lot of other influences have just, just like influence how we think that we're supposed to interact with spirits and that it's like some big like, woo like or some freaky shit's about to happen. Like everything's going to fall over or something when you call on somebody's name. And no, it's not like that. And uh, a lot of the times our ancestors are already trying to communicate with us. Um, we just have to be consistent with it because I didn't start to really feel my ancestors around. Well, to be honest, it was pretty quick. It was probably like the third time I sat at my altar. But um, it might take a year. It might take a few months. The thing is, is that you have to be consistent. You have to sit Clear your mind and think about how you feel when you're sitting at your altar. What changes about, what changes in your senses do you feel, if anything? Do you have certain ideas pop in your head? Do you have a taste for certain foods when you're sitting there? Um, What is it that you, that you are feeling and take note of that? Because often those are ways that our ancestors are trying to communicate with us and you know a lot of the times they're always communicating with us we are just not used to how they communicate so it's less about waiting for them to say something they're probably saying something now we have just been trained to not hear spirit anymore we have been trained to not look at numbers and and pay attention to our feelings and our emotions and our bodies so that we're so dis- we're just so disconnected like from ourselves and so i think really trying to get connected back into yourself, you will feel them and you will hear them because they're talking to you now. You know, they're showing you signs now. They're playing songs, you know, that you connect with now. They're they're the signs are there, but it's it's about us really tapping back into how to hear spirit. So like I said, pay attention to your senses, be consistent. Try to go on certain days, like have ancestor days and times like, okay, on Mondays at six, this is when this is me and my ancestors time for 30 minutes to an hour or whatever, whatever you can, can do. And they will, you'll, you will feel it. Trust me. I know at first it feels like what, this is not real. I didn't have my gifts. My gifts came way later. Like my gifts have really started manifesting A lot within the past three months and I've been doing this work over a year almost two years shit maybe two and a half years I don't know so it takes time it takes time they won't show you things until you're ready so think about if you're a little bit scared um, will you freak out and really assess like how open you are to hearing and receiving because I used to compare myself to other people. That is, that'll that be the huge thing that'll mess you up. Comparing yourself like, oh, I don't see spirits. Well, how come I don't? How come I don't? How come I don't? Pay attention to what you can do because you have gifts too. And they'll come because I used to not be able to see. Now I'm like, what was that? <laughs> and I used to be jealous of people who could see. So it, it, it comes in due time. The gifts develop overdue time the more that you commit to doing this work and the more that you study and train and communicate but just give it give it some time and be consistent and let them know that you're open and and check in with yourself around how you feel hey, trust you are gonna get there this is a common feeling so you're on the right path you got it good luck Okay. Hello, Jujube. My name is Shweet Bakken. I'm a 20-year-old non-binary nigga from DCA. Hey, what's up? DMV area. Even though I'm from Baltimore, we're not really from the DMV, but okay. Shout out. <laughs> I've been researching Hoodoo, Yoruba, Akan, and ATR in general for the past three years now. As I've been in college and got more resources, and I feel as though my ancestors are really trying to pop out, yes. Without any word of my researching to family, except for an altar once during Christmas last year, my uncle had, now all of a sudden, has become an initiate in Yoruba and son of Shango. I'm going to try and become a part of this religion, since I felt Shango's energy showing on of mine around the same time he initiated, three months before his initiation. This is a long-winded way of asking, what are your thoughts on utilizing dreams? I felt like I saw my ancestors and possibly Anorisha, Orisha, not sure, come to me in dreams. I also resonate very hard with my dreams in waking life. And seem to go into others' dreams. I used to hear that when you don't dream, it's because you were in someone else's that night. And while talking to my friends about dreams, when I don't dream myself, I usually pop up in one of theirs. What are your stances on dreams? Have you ever had any vivid or telling dreams? Do you ever walk through dreams? Or have you ever heard of anything like this? Any connections to black, esoteric, or mysticism you may know of? Love the show. Love the music you've been working on. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you, love. Um, yes child I am a dreamer Like dream, dream, dream Dream, dream, dream is me I dream pretty vividly Most nights Um, I know usually when something is up with me Or I'm not feeling well is when I don't remember My dreams, that means I'm not doing enough Work Um, so recently I haven't been Remembering my dreams, but they've been starting to come back But yes, I dream, I dream travel That's a gift that you have And it's funny that you said, um when you talk to your friends and you don't remember their dreams, I mean, you don't remember your dreams. they tell you that you were in their dreams. I've always thought that, but I've never heard that. So when I don't remember my dreams, actually, either I'm not doing the uh, discipline work that I like the spiritual work that I need to be doing. And I'm like focusing on worldly things, or I am traveling to someone else's dream. So like, if I don't remember, most of the time people hit me up, people hit me up all the time. And it's like, yo, you were my dream and you did this. Y'all, you were in my dream and you did that. And most of the time I show up in the same ways. I'm wearing the same things. Like I have a yellow head wrap on or a white head wrap and it's really tall. I'm usually wearing all white. Um, Yeah, I've gotten initiated in dreams. I've gotten gifts from spirits in dreams. I have gifts in other realms from my dreams. Um, I've met ancestors in dreams. I have seen uh, experiences, horrendous experiences from my ancestors during chattel slavery in dreams. They showed me. So, yes, dreaming is a, is a gift. Um, a lot of people can tell, you know, a lot about a person, tell the future, the past, all of that through, through dreams. So that is definitely a skill that you should hone in on. First thing I'm telling you to do is when you wake up, the first thing that you need to do is write those dreams down because they will tell stories. They will give you insight. They are full of information um, and you can decode those dreams, if you talk to someone who does dream interpretations, you can start doing it yourself. Looking up themes, remember how you feel when you wake up from the dreams. Because, yeah, ancestors come through dreams all the time, and so do deities and spirits. Um, I know a lot of times people say that it is in Orisha, but there's thousands of deities <laughs> that exist, so it may not be in Orisha, um, but probably you know, spirits come through dreams all the time. Dead people are spirit guides, spirits that just might be around. Yeah, so keep at it. Like, dreaming is important. It, it. I mean, dreams are what, I mean, Harriet Tumman has talked about dreaming, not even just of, of freedom, but having visions and dreams about which ways to go and what was safe and what was not safe and routes to take. I mean, dreaming has got us. Literally gotten our bodies and our ancestors free, so definitely, definitely, definitely don't sleep on that gift. No pun intended, get it. No, don't sleep, dream, but you should sleep. Okay, but yes, um, for sure, honing on it is a special, special gift. You are a dream traveler. Welcome to the club. You got it, boo. Oh, that reminds me, I've even dreamt about spirits talk to me a lot in dreams, actually spirits talk to a lot of people in dreams I just want to say that a lot of people especially black people have dream dream gifts um last night I told y'all I wasn't feeling well earlier and I kept getting told different medicines that I need to try I've been healed via dreams one time I was super sick and I saw this like black Man, which I think is actually one of my guides. And he put all these herbs together in this bucket of hot water. And he told me to put my feet in it to make myself feel better. And and then instructed me to do that when I woke up as well. Last night, um, spirit was telling me that I needed to give myself Reiki on my throat. So like, I remember being told that and I was in my sleep with my hands around my throat, but I was giving myself Reiki. And like I said, I woke up and didn't feel pain my throat didn't hurt anymore like it did yesterday so yeah it's dreams are, are powerful so definitely definitely write your dreams down like I said but I, I did want to add that part too oh god I keep adding more because it keeps popping in my head don't forget you can always ask questions before you go to sleep and see if you can get them answered especially if you're a dreamer things that you're pondering and thinking about get a specific question down say it out loud Put it in your spirit and see if uh your ancestors or spirit will answer that question for you in your dream so thank you for this question this made me think happy dreaming all you need is a little juju okay next question is dear juju what is a good way or ritual to protect yourself while you're journeying through your spiritual awakening hmm Thank you for that. Um, The first thing that pops in my head is Fiery Wall of Protection. So Fiery Wall of Protection is a hoodoo way to protect oneself, not just through spiritual awakenings, because um, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that or what you're trying to protect yourself from from or something specifically but fiery wall of protections are just protection in general spiritual protection physical protection protection all the way around Um, so there's fiery wall of protection oil and then there's also a ritual that you can do for fiery wall of protection so the ritual would be um, standing somewhere and I like to put candles just around my my body so I'm standing and I put tea lights just around me in a circle and you're really just imagining the flames from the candles coming up and surrounding your body, just like covering you, engulfing you in the flames and just being that fiery wall is what protects you from the outside world. So you're always just in that fire. Once you do this ritual regularly, the fire will start to um the fire will start to just always be in the background. Like you'll be able to see it and feel it. Um, so I don't really do the ritual a lot now anymore, but that's because my fire is is constantly just going and protecting me. Um, so that is an easy ritual, ritual to do. Even if you don't have that many candles to put around you in a circle, just you could do a couple, you could do three, you could do nine, um, or you can do none. <laughs> and if you have the willpower and the, the vision to just imagine just fire coming up from the ground and just covering you like in a circle, then that's doing a fiery wall of protection. Now, the oil I've never made fiery wall of protection oil, I've bought mine from Maisha, um, um, who was on the show actually in episode three. She sells a fiery wall of protection oil. I'll put her information in the show notes. Um, but uh if you wanted to make your own oil think of fiery herbs and ingredients that's how you would make it so cayenne pepper you could put that in fiery wall protection and get your base like almond oil i usually use almond oil as a base you can do different bases research what you like to do uh what feels good for you um another hot herb you could put ginger cinnamon is hot um so look up some look up some protective hot ingredients and make your own protective mixture. Uh, but you can also buy it from, you know, different conjures. I think um Keaton also sells a fiery wall, but I'm not sure. But I'll put their information in the show notes if you wanna buy, you know, a powerful workers fiery wall, why not? My has been great for me and, and Keaton's stuff is great and I don't know if um, my auntie, Hoodoo Hussy sells a fiery wall, but she has really great oils too. So I will make I will put all these folks who have really amazing oils in the show notes. But yeah, I would do a fiery wall of protection. Also prayers. Pray for protection. Pray to your ancestors for protection. Prayers, I pray all the time. Um, I'm super anxious and, and I'm scary low-key. So I'm always praying for protection no matter where I go, no matter what I'm doing. Um, I like to have protective amulets. It's funny, I actually bought, I went to the hood mall today and I bought a gold AK7, AK-47 chain and I definitely plan on sending it to one of my priest friends for them to bless it and to wear as a protective amulet. I have waist beads that have been blessed. Um, I have bracelets that have been blessed. A lot of my jewelry has been prayed over, blessed, and fed to a spirit for protection. So you can do that you can, you can bless anything that you wear all the time um, You can send it to somebody to bless A priest And um, your fiery wall Say your prayers You'll be good Thanks for that question Oker okay. So hey Juju Before I ask I just wanted to say that You have truly helped me throughout my spiritual journey And I'm very thankful for that Oh, Thank you Keep doing you boo I wanted to ask, how do you petition spirits to do something for you? Not just ancestors, but also other spirits like Lama, Dama, Catholic saints, etc. Thank you. Um, So I don't petition um, spirits to do... So this is tough. I always go to my ancestors first before I would ask any other spirit to do anything to help me. Because... Spirits have a lot of work to do and they're doing a lot of shit, you know, and sometimes my problems, our problems are like nothing to them. They're literally just the smallest things that could, (laughs) like, they're living their own spiritual lives, doing their own thing, and they're looking at us like we're just little ants. Like how we, people look at, like, ants doing their work, it just seems so small, it just seems so, like, what, huh? Okay, there's ants there. That's honestly, I think that's how spirits look towards us. Because <laughs> like, we're humans doing human things that won't matter. And they're spirits doing spiritual things that matter a lot more. And they have so much more power. Um, So that's that's just my little caveat. But I don't work with um, Lama, Dama or Catholic saints. And for the most part, you would want to see... Um, a, a priest or whatever In whatever tradition you're trying to Whatever tradition of the spirit That you're trying to work with Because there's different ways to petition spirits Depending on the religion Depending on the tradition um, When I was Catholic To petition saints At least from my experience We just prayed to them And then asked them for help But there's a lot of ways to Like people do in hoodoo work with St. Expedite, and I know that there's a way to call on St. Expedite. I don't work with St. Expedite though, so I don't, I don't know. I think you like putting something upside down, and ch- I don't know. For ancestors, prayers are ways to petition them, um, and giving them offerings at your altar, leaving it for them. Uh, you can also write a petition paper, which is going to be really hard for me to explain, I think, but I'm going to try. This is how you write a petition. So you're going to want to have a piece of brown paper. You can use a a paper bag and just cut it. It doesn't have to be big. It probably should be kind of small. Small piece of paper. Um, Across that piece of paper, you're going to write your desire. You're going to be specific. It's going to be one sentence, not long, quick, easy, to the point. Spirit knows exactly what you're asking for. You know exactly what you're asking for. You're going to write that. On the paper nine times So just across Writing it nine times Then you're going to turn that paper to the left And you're going to write your name Over that um, Over that Those desires that you wrote down So if Jan Smith Wants To find A boyfriend With some money She would write you know, I have a man that makes this much money. She would write that nine times. I have a man who makes six figures. Boom, write that nine times. She would turn that paper to the left and write Jan Smith over it. So the words are kind of crossing each other. So you're binding yourself to that ask. Then she's going to fold the paper up, fold it towards her one way. Turn it to the left, fold it towards again turn it to left fold it towards again until it gets really small and then you can put that in an oil lamp you can put that under a candle you can put that in a jar whatever you're trying to work there's so many different ways to petition spirits and ancestors and um i hope that that was clear i know that it's it's hard to kind of talk about that with not without doing the visual but just look up petition papers simply simply put (laughs) just look up petition papers um I don't recommend calling on other spirits because the spirits that's going to get you the stuff quickest is the ancestors. Um, unless you are a part of another tradition and it calls for the work of another spirit, that's different. But generally, you're not just like calling on these really, really powerful spirits just for like, you know, whatever you might need. Just work with your ancestors. They got you. If it's If it's more than they can do, they will send you to the right spirit or the right spirit will come to you. And you'll be good. But if you have a specific spirit in mind, I would talk to someone who was a part of that tradition, someone who is a priest, someone who was initiated, and they can give you more information um, than I can based on whatever it is that you're trying to get. But I hope that was helpful. And hmm, I did talk about petition papers one time on my IG story, but maybe I should like put that on my highlights or something that'd be a good idea so then y'all can see okay I'll think about doing that but yes that is my answer happy petitioning also you're gonna want to build a relationship with your people first before you start asking them for stuff um which I've said before in other episodes like you just don't want to just be asking spirits for stuff just that's not really how this, this works. Like you give and receive, you know, you're giving offerings, you're giving time, you're giving your ears, you're listening, you're healing, you're doing your work. And then you ask for things, you know, it's a, it's a give and take. It's a, you know, I don't want people to think that this work, and I'm not saying that you think that, um, but I know that people do think this, that getting, you know, being involved in ATR is just like, oh, now I can just like, ask for stuff or like now I can just petition all these different spirits that exist and like no it's it can be really dangerous to call on certain spirits there's certain ways different spirits have taboos you given this particular spirit some tobacco and tobacco is a taboo for that spirit that's not going to work too well for you so there's thousands of spirits that exist so work with your ancestors do petition papers if that's too much or it was hard to understand how to write a petition paper Just write what you want down on a piece of paper (laughs) and burn it Um, and say and pray about it. Pray about it often. Think about it when you wake up. Think about it before you go to sleep. Tell yourself that you have it. Manifest it for yourself and you and you won't even have to ask any, any super powerful spirit. But your ancestors got you. They will bring you all the things that you need. Have faith and do the work. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so my next Dear Juju uh, question is, how do you learn how to divine with coins? (sighs) Okay, I love coin divination. It is... Mm. Coin divination is amazing, and it can get really complicated when you first start. It can even be complicated if you've been doing it for a while, which I have been, Um, because it's just really a method of getting yes or no questions answered so the first thing that I'll say before divination is it is so important to establish a relationship with your spirits your people before you start divining why because otherwise you don't know who is answering those questions You don't know if you're actually talking to your ancestors or some rando spirit that just popped through and took over the divination. You don't know what kind of spirit it is. You don't. So you will know if you're building relationship with your people and sitting with them consistently. You know how you feel when they're around. You know what their energy feels like. You know that that's an ancestor or a spirit guide or whoever so when you start the divination and you feel that you're like okay my people are here okay this is good otherwise you run the risk of of not really knowing so yeah I just wanted to say that first okay so coin divination I use the three coin method there's a four coin method um de lagoon but I use three that's how I was taught so I like to use gold dollar coins but I've also used quarters I've also used pennies if I didn't have my divining tools with me which I you should always carry with you but if I didn't uh, I would find some pennies or some coins I would clean them off say a prayer put some put them in some salt water put them over some running water or just use my hands or whatever cleanse them and use those tools but I like to use gold dollar coins You get them from the bank so, I got three, and um, basically, you have the coins in your hands after you've cleansed them and blessed them, you said your prayers, whatever. You put the coins in your hands, you ask your question, your specific yes or no question. You shake it up in your hands. I like to shake it up nine times, then I blow, I cut my hands, and I blow into the coins. You just drop them on a hard, flat surface. And however they fall, it gives you your yes or no answer. So if it falls on two heads and one tail, that's a soft, that's what we call a soft yes. So it's like, yeah, or some people understand that as like, yeah, maybe like that's, that's cool. If you get three, if you get two heads, I'm sorry, if you get three heads, that's a hell yeah. Like, go for it. We support that. On the opposite side of that, if you get two tails and one yes, that's like a, nah, you probably shouldn't, nah, nah, mm, no. and three tails, hell nah, hell hail, hail to the nah, no, don't do that. And that's pretty simple divination. Um, I, I want to have an episode for divination, so I'm not going to get too, too, too much into this, but... The main thing is be specific as hell. I'm talking about you. If you think your question is specific, it probably ain't. And you need to get even more specific (laughs) with your question. Don't ask, am I going to get a good job this year? What does that mean? What is good to you? is good money is good. You like your coworkers is good. It's close to your house is good. Um, you'll be able to, uh, Excel and, and keep and get paid more each year. What is good? So don't ask, are you going to get a good job this year? That's not a good question. Um, I also say to stay away from questions that are about the future because, Uh, the universe changes and that is the only thing that is constant meaning divination divinations can change Um, the energy changes there are constant shifts so when you ask about the future in that moment it might be something you might be asking about something good that could happen in the future but the next month if something changes with you or you started doing something different, it might, that might not be the, the move for you anymore. So it's the energy changes, which is why people sometimes they get readings every, uh, oh shoot, I'm forgetting every 20 something days because the energy has changed. So you could get a new divination and it's different and you might not have to do the things that it said to do the first time. So try to ask about the present moment, things that you're experiencing right now. You can do future, but just know that shit always is changing. Um and do not ask the same question more than once because you will get confused. Don't keep asking, you know, do y'all approve of of my my partner? And they say no, and then you say, "Well, what about do y'all approve of him if like don't no that's not you you got your answer let it be that don't try to do too much don't don't keep irritating the spirits asking simple shit and don't ask shit that you already know the answer to do not if you feel like hmm I'm going to just leave it at that. Don't ask questions that you already know the answer to because then you'll get confused because you already know. And sometimes, sometimes we look for confirmation, which I get because sometimes I feel like I know, but I don't know. No. So I want spiritual confirmation. I think that's fine. But sometimes my ancestors are like, no, like we're about to confuse you because you know damn well you shouldn't be messing with this person and you keep doing it. So There you go. Now you're going to be confused because we're going to say, yes, we like him. Now what? No, we don't like him because you keep, because you already know that. So don't ask questions you already know. Don't ask the same question over and over again and try to change it up a little bit to get a different response. Try to stay away from asking about the future because energy is always changing and be specific, 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 specific. Yeah, that's what I'll, lead. yes, that's, those are my divination tips. Also, there's so many different ways to divine. I love a good coin divination, though. It's just so great. And then once you get really good, you're able to um, give the answers context. So then your ancestors will start speaking to you. I put speaking in quotes, not necessarily that you hear their voice, but you'll get ideas. You'll get, you know, if they say no about something, you might see why or understand why. Or if they say yes, or maybe you'll. Start to feel like, oh, okay, because now it's not my time or, oh, I haven't done this work or, you know, I can't get this job now because X, Y, Z. But, you know, I asked them questions about everything. My my ex, you know, when they were looking for a new apartment, like we divined on which one like they should choose and, and live. So divination comes in like it's so so important to me especially for me as someone who like really has a hard time making decisions I'd be like I'm gonna just let my ancestors make the decision child because I I don't know but I think they're starting to get a little bit irritated with that because they're like no you need to learn how to make decisions so I definitely have relied I think on divination too much sometimes which is what another thing I'll say you know trust yourself you have intuition you have thoughts you have you know what's right you know what's wrong like don't rely on them too, too, too much, but they are there and they can help us. And you can divine on anything. I'll divine. I divined on uh, the other day. I I wanted to order this wig and, um, but I didn't know if it would get here in time. And so I divined on it to see if it would And they was like, nah, I won't. So I was like, oh, I can't get the wig yet. Cause I won't be here to pick it up. The package, <laughs> like, you know, so divination is great. Try it out. Um, follow those tips and you should. Uh, you will really, really grow. But remember, divination, like anything, takes time. It takes practice. Getting the questions together takes practice. But over time, the longer you do it, the better your divinations will be, the more spot on they'll be, and you will really be shook. You'll be shook. (laughs) So happy divining. I absolutely love this next question. (laughs) It's just so real. It's so real. Okay. Dear Juju, can we use magic to manipulate our bodies? I need a flat tummy to really get the coins I desire, but I'm not genetically predisposed at all. Shaking my head. If so, could this be achieved through concentrated spell work on my own? Any tips would be great. Or would I have to seek someone out to perform a ritual on me, concentrate energy from a certain spirit? I really love the podcast. Thanks for the help. Thank you for this question. Um, This question comes up a lot, I notice, in, like, different spiritual groups that I'm in. People, like, just wanting to do something different to their bodies and wondering if, if you can use magic to do so. Um, You can use a little bit of juju to do any freaking thing. So, yes. However, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this just because I've never tried it. I, I know that people have. I know that... Um, I knew someone who was selling a big booty oil. And from my understanding, it worked. But I don't remember who that was. But I will say that um, Keaton, who info will be in the show notes. I remember he posted a, a testimonial about one of his oils. And I do not remember. It might have been the sex oil. I'm not sure. But that someone's breasts grew from using it. And that's what they were trying to achieve. So essentially, yes. Um, but I don't know if people are like making like flat tummy magic oils. Like we got flat tummy tea. And now we got some flat tummy juju. I mean, hey, somebody could, hey, somebody could work that out. Maybe I could work it out. Um, But I would, I would. Um. So, so do the physical things that you need to do in order to get that flat tummy that you're trying to get, you know, work out, um, eat the foods that don't. You know, make you bloated and and do that do that physical work. And I honestly would pray, like, lay your hands on your stomach and pray that it goes down. Tell yourself that your stomach is flat and it is going down. You can change your body just like that because it's all in you. It's your mind can, like, it starts in the brain. Like the brain can tell the part of the body to do whatever. So if you are telling your brain that your stomach is flat, if you are telling your brain that like you have the you know, the stomach that you want, it will go down, but you have to believe that it will. And that's like a big part of just juju in general. And this magic is like, you have to have that like unwavering belief that you, you can get and manifest whatever it is that you want and that it's all under your control. So I would say that, um, I would also check out the oils, um, Keaton's oils. Or reach out to him. Maybe he has some suggestion around which oil to use. I know that wasn't the purpose of the oil, but I know for one of them, like people were saying that it made them, their boobs get bigger. I've seen people's booties get bigger from different spiritual oils. Um, So I would say look into that. Um, You know, that flat tummy tea is just green tea. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's just green tea. (laughs) So maybe you should drink some green tea or pray over your green tea um, before you drink it. Say that this tea, before I consume it, this tea is going to help get in my stomach flat, on oh, flat flat. You know, ask them, what's that? And what else could I offer you? I really just love this question because it's so real. Like sometimes we just want to be doing different stuff with our bodies and why not use juju to do it? I just have not done that work. So like I don't want to give you a bunch of like stuff. I can't say for sure. But these are just things that are coming to mind that I think would be helpful. Um, just paying attention to what you're eating, you know, the exercise and praying over the things that you consume and telling your brain that you have that flat tummy. And, you know, I know that you want to get a flat tummy, but just speak, over, just speak coins over your life like regardless of what your, what your tummy is looking like, like speak Wealth, Speak finance, speak all of that regardless of the coin. That money comes to me no matter how I look. You know, I understand you have every right to want to look how you want to look. So, like, no shame in that. But also, like, until then, or in lieu of, speak wealth over yourself regardless of that tummy. Because you can get it re- You know, that, you're you going to get your coins regardless. Like, if you're supposed to have those coins, you're going to get them, boo-boo. So... Speak that into your life and just put yourself around money. Do a petition about money for clients. I don't know exactly what kind of work you're trying to do, but you don't let the tummy, don't let the, the tummy stop you. Concentrate that energy on wealth and coin and you'll get that. Bloop, bloop. All you need is a little juju. Maybe I should start calling these letters Hey Juju. These letters Hey Juju letters. Because a lot of people have said Hey Juju. And that's kind of cute too. Okay. Anyway. So this letter is from Money from Queer Walk Pod. And I love Queer Walk Pod. It's one of my favorite podcasts. So check them out. Dope ass podcast. Money is amazing. Brilliant. Which... Mental health counselor, about to be a doctor or like is a doctor now. Nikita's smart as hell. That's the other co-host. Smart as hell, always gets my politics together. Always giving me historical frameworks for why shit is the way that it is and how to like liberate ourselves as Black people. Like in them together, as organizers and just smart ass, Black ass, bad ass organizers and women. And lesbians, <laughs> they're great So check out Queer Rock Pod um, So Money sent me in a question Well, a lot of questions And I'm going to try to answer um, As many as I can She sent me nine questions What a divine number To get nine questions So I'm going to answer the ones that I, I um, Get a lot And then I think over Maybe the next few episodes I can kind of kind of talk about one of these um, so the first question I want to answer. So she says, "Alter 101, please. Specifically, what are some starter altar tips you have for someone trying to start one? How do you clean an altar when it gets dusty or items need to be removed? Um, Alter tips. So I think... The best altar tips that I have are in episode one. I kind of talked about how you can create an altar. And even if you don't have all the things that I listed, you can just start with water and a candle. And that's kind of it. That's all you really need. Um, Cleaning an altar. That's a good question. So um, you can clean it with Florida water, which is floral water. And you can just like rub it down with a paper towel. or Like I have a a cloth that I use specifically to clean my altar with when it gets dusty. I just wipe it down. I take the items off the altars and and wash those and clean those depending on what they are to put them back. Sometimes I get a feeling that something doesn't need to be on my altar anymore. I had a feather on there at one point. Then I was like, I don't want this feather on there anymore. My ancestors were done with it or whatever. They wanted on there at one point. Then they told me to take it off. So I took that off. Um, so really, just kind of being in tune with your altar and like checking it out, making sure that you feel like everything is supposed to still be on there. Um, but there's 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 no specific way to clean necessarily. Um, you can clean it with. Sometimes I clean it with liquor because the ancestors often really like liquor. Putting liquor on a paper towel or on a cloth and just wiping it down with some rum, you know, because they. That's also an offering for them, but it also, it also is alcohol. So it, it's a cleaning agent. Um, you can, oh, are you talking about like physically clean? Oh yeah. Dusty. Right. 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 Cause you can also spiritually clean your space too, which you will want to do with like different herbs, resins that you can burn. Um, I like to burn dragon's blood incense. That's a good kind of clearing away, uh, spiritually cleaning the energy um i also use yerba santa for a protective barrier The yerba y-e-r-b-a-s-a-n-t-a protective barrier around the altar um yeah that's it don't get too caught up i mean just like if you would clean anything you go ahead and clean the altar with that but it depends on like what you know, materials that you have are is your also on the ground? Is it on wood? Is it on a metal table? However you would clean that thing, just you can just clean it like that. Uh next question, what readings, books, or resources would you suggest for uh, for baby hoodoo women? Um, definitely work in the roots, um, mojo working like all of Zora Neale Hurston, mules and men specifically. Also, I can't remember the one, but it's about like Jamaican hoodoo. I can't remember the name of it, but I have a book list on my website, it's com. So check out the book list and I have um books up there that you should look into. Jambalaya and I cuz right now I can't think of like authors or anything. But yeah, check out my website. There's a book list on there and I have stuff for beginners. Um the next question I have is you briefly mentioned it but what is clairvoyant, claircognizant, clairaudient, etc. and how are they used? How do they what do they add to your practice? So clairvoyancy is being able to see spirits, like voyeurs, voy to see. And claircognizant, cognition that's um an intuitive knowing being able to know what spirit is trying to communicate to you not needing to necessarily hear it or see it but just kind of like that idea is popping into your head that's claircognizance and um clairaudient like it you know the root word like auditory so to be able to um hear did i say that right yes clairvoyance to see spirit Claire cognizance is the intuitive knowing so knowing what spirit is saying and clairaudient is hearing spirit like auditorily you hear them speaking to you and can hear voices and um Yeah, they add a lot to your practice because they are how you know how spirit is communicating with you. And knowing your gifts will allow you to better connect with certain ancestors and certain spirits that might be trying to talk to you. And so I think in a previous episode, I used the word like, oh, I heard my ancestors say that or I hear this or I heard that. And I'm not someone who has the gift of clairaudience. Um, I don't hear them like I don't hear voices. I have intuitive knowing meaning I I know what they're saying to me without having to hear it. So does that make sense? Like just like I guess it's like strong intuition, but like if I'm communing with the spirit, I don't hear them talking back to me like, "Oh yeah, girl." And so then I was like, "Da da da," but I know that the spirit was trying to help me in a situation because that's how they told me, but they didn't tell me like, cause I heard their voice. I hope that it's clear. So knowing what your gifts are and there's more than that, there's clairsentience, which is feeling spirits, which is another gift of mine. I can feel when spirits are around me. I feel them near me. Sometimes I feel them laying next to me. Um, on my left side gets tingly. Usually when they are around, um, when I'm about to get possessed, I usually feel, most mediums like can feel when it's about to happen because of that gift of clairsentient so there's a lot of clairs um you should probably click google the clairs and there i've seen a few lists different places that show you um what your your uh, gift could be and so really like think about when you're interacting with spirit what things make sense to you what things come up um how you learn it's like we all have different ways of learning we all have different ways of communicating we all have different ways of learning from spirit and communicating with spirit and a lot of these gifts overlap you might have one and not the other you might have three and not the rest or you could have all of them so just really try to figure out what you think um, your gifts are and really hone in and try to work them and pray that you can grow in those gifts so that it's easier for you to communicate and so that you don't feel like you know kind of going into one of your other questions around doing it wrong or feeling like imposter syndrome you'll know that you don't have imposter syndrome because you know that you don't hear spirits you know that you feel them so you know that a spirit is around because you feel it and you might not hear like so-and-so but that's cool because that's not your gift or that's not a gift that you've developed yet but you have the gift of being able to feel them so then work with that what how do you feel when they're around what do they do what feelings do they give you Um, It's really about, I guess it's like, it's like just paying attention to the self and like, and what, what and how we start to move when we're engaging in a spiritual practice and what we start to think about when we're engaging in a, in a spiritual practice. Kind of like what I talked about in one of the first listener letters, um, it's really like learning yourself and, and just like people, You know, they're like, how do you learn? Are you an auditory learner? Are you... This is the same kind of process, just, you know, through the spirit, spiritual realm. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, what... The next question. Are there other things we can burn to cleanse clear spaces besides sage? Yes. So... Um, most of the time, I think you asking this question, well, you did say that you love sage, but it gives you the wildest dreams and the scent can be a bit much sometimes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that your people really don't like sage. A lot of black folks, ancestors don't fuck with sage. It's not really, um, I mean, we use different herbs that aren't necessarily of our tradition, but sage is just not one that, if, if a spirit is requesting sage, that's different. Um, but most of the time, people just go to sage because it's the most popularized herb to burn to cleanse. And that popularization is really mostly, like, Western media <laughs> and Western witches telling us that sage is, like, the only thing that we can use. And so now everyone is going to, like, sage, 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 that's what you have to have. And most of the time, it's for black folks, that ain't what our people even like. They most of the time get very irritated by sage. They don't like it. It's not cleansing enough. Or sage also cleanses away our good spirits. Um, it's like bleach. And sometimes we take away the good shit with the bad. If it's a really, really powerful spirit, powerfully malevolent spirit, or you have really, really bad energy up in your space, sage ain't going to clean that. You're going to need some other stuff in there. So I actually tell most black folks to stay away from sage, to be honest, unless, like I said, specific spirits are asking for it. Maybe you have the certain type of native ancestry and that spirit is really loud for you and they're cool with the sage, but sage is under a crisis. Like I've said there, it is being over harvested and overused and the people who actually need to use it in ceremony, which is very specific native tribes aren't even having access to it because is being sold in Sephora makeup witch kits, you know. So I I really tell people to just try other things. So all the other things you can try are Dragon's Blood Incense, Yerba Santa, like I said before. You can burn um, sandalwood. You can burn frankincense and myrrh. Camphor blocks, which you can get from... you can get, All these things you can get online, but you can also get it from like Walgreens or like CVS, a drugstore, camphor blocks look up how to burn camphor because it, the flame, it, it flames high. Um, uh, those are the things that I usually go to. You can also cleanse with like different waters. You can pray over a bowl of water and now it's blessed water and you can use that to wipe down, you wipe down your altar. You can do a floor wash with different herbs that you want to put in the wash depending on what you're trying to bring into your home or bring into your space. So I would, I would really try some other herbs because I just think the fact that you asked about it your people probably like "Mm." we get a little irritated with the sage and I've not most black people we be they be getting irritated one time I was at um this ilei, I wasn't a part of this particular ilei. Remember, ilei is a spiritual house in Yoruba. I was at this and with my friend. It was her ilei, and this woman was talking about how she like burned sage at her altar with her ancestors, and I just immediately just got like repulsed, and not because of my own feelings about sage, but just I was just immediately repulsed. It was her spirits, and I was like, um, hey, I know I don't know you that well, but just your your ancestors do not want you to burn that. Like you need to start burning some other stuff. She was like, what? I can't burn sage. I'm like, they, they do not enjoy that. And I was like, and most, a lot of black folks, spirits do not enjoy sage. I don't know what it is, but they don't like it. <laughs> and then actually the Baba Lau who was there was like, yeah, um, our people don't like that. Our people don't like sage. I don't know. Like started going off and I was like, Oh, well I ain't trying to start nothing. I'm just saying, and I gave her a little list and, she was like, I want to burn Palo Santo. And, you know, Palo Santo is actually another wood that is being overused and over-processed and over-harvested and s- sold for too much damn money. The same way that sage is. It's not as bad as sage, but, like, but it's just because this, like, new age, like, white witch shit, like, will have you just thinking that there's only sage in Palo Santo. So I'm glad that you asked that question. And that's, like, no shade to you. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I think, I used to burn sage too. A lot of us, when we're in this journey, that's just what we know. That's just what's available and it's being sold everywhere. But most of the time when something is being sold everywhere like that, it's probably something that we shouldn't even be engaging in. Um, You know, like the fact that it's at urban outfitters and, all these places and it's like not and it's a herb a, a sacred herb that is used for very specific native groups for specific ceremonies and only certain people in those ceremonies can actually use the sage um, yeah we just have to be really cautious of that so if you feel comfortable using it it's fine for you sometimes go ahead but with sage so white sage I'm talking about specifically it like bleaches a whole it just bleaches it all and then your spirits is gone and then you need to burn other stuff to bring them back. So you can burn some lemon sweet grass. If you do want to burn sage, burn some sweet some sweet grass after that to call your spirits back in. Um, yeah, that is what I will say about sage. I'd be going off about sage. Um, I think I went into more detail about this in either episode one or two. I don't remember. But uh, if you want some more information. So thank you for that. Thank you for that question. And then I want to answer this question, um, which is really, really important. Um, And this is a good ass question. Okay. One of my friends that I share my practices and rituals with has a long history of familial familial trauma and abuse. Whenever I talk about ancestors, I notice how uncomfortable she becomes. She would much rather talk orishas and other deities. I really can't relate because my immediate ancestors were incredible women who loved and protected me deeply. I remember what you said about our people being links and gateways to higher sources like the Orishas. What does ancestor work look like for someone who has nothing but trauma associated with their people, baby? Mm. I just want to acknowledge that that, um, all of our ancestors, when they were of this world, they were all not nice people. Some of them probably contributed uh, to our trauma, to the pain that we have, why we feel like we can't trust others. Um, Family is not always a safe haven. Families are not always protective. Families are not always sources of love like they are supposed to be and should be. So... I understand and it makes sense why someone would not want to do that work in venerating or even communing with people who may have abused us or caused us trauma. Um, that's real. And it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, the first thing I want to offer is that if we, and I've said this on another episode you know, our ancestors go back, 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 even farther than we can imagine. We have more ancestors. I mean, like like thousands of years. Like, think about who our very first ancestor was. That's like thousands and thousands and thousands, and thousands of years ago. So we have access to all those bodies from then until now. No one has to feel like they need to work with or call on or uplift spirits who harmed them in the physical realm if you are not ready to do that because we have so many other ancestors who exist who even if we don't know their names we're also venerating them we're not just venerating the people that we knew immediately like maybe our great-grandparents or grandparents who may have passed and uncles but all the people whose names and faces we we might never even see or know they still love us and still care about us because they are our family and their job as our ancestors is to uplift their lineage. It is to stop that abuse from happening. It is to stop that trauma. And by doing that ancestral work, we flip the switch on that abuse. All of the traumas that we are genetically passing on to our children, doing this work cuts that off. So so I want to just Bring that up because our ancestors are more than just the people that we remember, and so it's important to do this work for all of our our people. That's one. Um, two, I would say you are not, like I said, you are not obligated to work with an abuser. You're not obligated to work. That's your choice. I have chosen to work with people in my family and venerate ancestors and when people who have harmed me in my family pass, I do plan to venerate them and I do plan to make room for them on my altar because a lot of times the spirits that did harm us, I mean the well the people that did harm us on the physical realm when they die, they see the impact, the negative impact that they had on the person that they harmed, on their lineage and on their family. And our ancestral spirits want no more than for their lineage to be popping, to be healed, to heal themselves and to heal the world around them. They want nothing more than that. That is that's what they want. And so when they die and they see that impact. Most of the times they want to atone for that. So they are they'll be the first ones ready to help. They'll be the first ones ready to give you what you're asking for they'll be the first ones running to you to tell you, sorry, I'm so, so sorry. And they'll be the first one to tell you about their abuse that they experienced from another family member, from their parent. And so even though you have no obligation to work with someone who abused you, I just want to say that a lot of times those, those same spirits will be the main ones who are ready to go throw down for you. Throw de- they, they will move mountains for you. They will throw hands for you. That means fight. I don't know if people say that I means they will fight for you. They will they will do all that they can because they know that the impact that they had on you. So I would remind your friend that, and and let me say that this work. Right now, I think we're at the point where we're trying to figure out how to do this work for ourselves and how we can do this work, um, you know, on behalf of our families. But this is not work that one person is supposed to hold. But like we are in the point of like, okay, now we're reclaiming our ancestral traditions. So like I need to do this work for my family. But once you get into it, we have to tell our family members about this we have to tell them they have to start carrying some of this load because it's not one person's responsibility to heal a lineage. It is not one person's responsibility to heal a lineage. And if we, especially for those of us who have a lot of trauma within our lineages or abuse that has happened within our lineage, is no way that we can hold all of that. You can do the self work, but somebody else needs to start holding the other member's and the spirits accountable. So it shouldn't just be on one person to venerate the abused and the abusers. And to no, your whole family should have this altar and carrying that work with you. This is family work. This is a familial work. This is family healing. A lot of individual happen, a lot of individual healing happens, but this is this is communal shit. So no one person should even have to hold, especially someone who was abused by family. Should have to hold that work of like even trying to decide: Am I gonna venerate? Am I gonna put this uncle who harmed me on the altar? Like no, but he could go on somebody else's altar, and they can do that work. So it's a it's a lot. I mean, I I it's a lot. Like I, I never, but I never would want to pressure someone to tell them that they have to work with or venerate somebody that deeply harmed them. And part, of the, and part of that healing work is acknowledging and talking to that spirit and telling them like, yo, you really hurt me. But I'm trying to heal myself and I'm trying to heal help heal this trauma that we keep passing on to each other. And I'm acknowledging that the way that you may have harmed me is a way that someone else in this family might have harmed you. And I'm telling you that that stops now. And what can we do to work together to heal ourselves? Because our ancestors, when they die, they want to atone. They also aren't necessarily healed. A lot of them are still stressed out. Our people have been through so much pain and and trauma and just, oh my God, just terrible ass shit. They often die with that and that's why as the living it's our responsibility to do this this work and uplift them and and pray for their spirits pray for them to elevate to the highest of the heavens and rest and then to work to make this lineage what it's supposed to be to to turn off that switch so that we're not continuing the same type of trauma because a lot of families a lot of similar similar traumas happen in families if one person experienced this another person experienced this in the previous generation another person experienced that in the previous generation like the traumas stay the same for the most part like it started from somewhere a source and then that source kept birthed And we just, it kept, the trauma just continued. So it has to be someone's responsibility to stop it. And we have a right to choose. Am I going to be that one to stop it or not? And if it's too much, it's too much. But we can't access those other spirits who can help us if we're not doing that lineage healing, if we are not doing that ancestral work, if we are not doing that familial work. Because our ancestors are the ones who care about us more than the... The Orishas love us or whoever... I'm just using the Orishas because they're the most popularized um, West African tradition. They love us and care about us, yes. But you got to have that... You got to have the ancestors. That's your first line of defense. Your people. First line of defense. So, um... I hope that was helpful. Ancestors first, always, because they're going to guide you to the right tradition and other deities that might need to step in and help and support. But your ancestors are the ones that vouch for you in the spirit realm. If a spirit don't know who you are, if you're going to some really thousands of year old deity who has existed and has its own life going on and doing its own things in the spirit realm just asking it for help or wanting to connect with it, it's gonna be like who are you and why why should i and what you gonna do for me but if an ancestor vouches for you in the spirit realm or they know an ancestor who might have worked with that deity then you'll have a whole different experience With with that particular Orisha Or whoever you're trying to contact But if the ancestors say no You can't bless my child Oshun Oshun not gonna She gonna be like oh okay Because that's who that's who Your, represent- your ancestors are your spiritual representatives So you calling on all these other spirits You gotta make sure your ancestors are right And make sure that they're getting what they need so that you can get what you need. So doing that work with them, it it, it is a healing work. It is not... Ooh, I could just go on and on about this because it it is so... I think it's so crucial for for people who do have familial trauma and, and abuse. Because this type of work... Heals in ways that therapy can't. A therapist can't touch on. And doing it together, you in therapy and you doing the ancestral. Woo, baby! You are doing the damn thing. You are doing the damn thing. But this work is is. This is the the true spiritually sustaining work healing work. I've healed so much doing 3 months of ancestral veneration than I ever could have in a year's worth of therapy. Cuz that's just it, you're you're getting into a deeper part of your soul. Like you're getting to a deeper part of like history. And past trauma that we hold, we hold our our ancestors are us literally, like not in a woo woo sense. Like we are literally our ancestors (laughs) because they are who birthed us and our faces are their faces and our bodies are their bodies combined. And not just that, but like their pains are also our pains. Their joys are also our joys. Their traumas are also our traumas. The things that they've seen are also the things that often we have seen. Their burdens are our burdens. So at some point we have to make a decision to, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not continuing this anymore. We're done. We're not doing that no more. This, the, the, no, nope, this is not how, we're. this is not how this lineage is going to show up. And I need y'all support to step in and help me with that. I hope that was, I know I got super long winded because it's, it's, it's a lot and You know, when we talk about doing work that is not rooted in, like, Western ideologies, this concept of, of discarding people, even people who harmed us, looks a lot different. And I think as someone, speaking for myself, um, raised in the West, raised in the United States... It's like when people do things that aren't good, you just say, fuck you, goodbye. And we have every right to do that. And there are also other ways to figure out how we can heal from that, that allows for that person to heal, the person who may have harmed us to heal, and for them to atone for what they did and understand what they did. And then do the necessary things to heal and somehow offer some type of retribution for that harm that they caused. So that's kind of how this ancestral stuff can look too. Um, yeah, and so I will, I will stop there. Um, if you have more questions, please reach out to me about that because that is just something that comes up a lot and it's so important All you need is a little juju. Okay, I actually have uh, two more questions, but the show is getting a little long. So I will um, answer the last one in another episode. But um, my next dear juju question is a quick one. It says, what is the spiritual significance or meaning of when you constantly run into people, you know, in unexpected places like other cities and out of the country? Uh, Thank you. So, I mean, it could mean a bunch of different things. um, I would say mm, 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 mm. so you all might need to make a deeper connection. Perhaps there's something that you need to be more intentional about building with this person if you're constantly running into them, especially like in other countries and cities i would I would be diligent in, in trying to figure out what that could mean by establishing some sort of, of different relationship with that person. Even just bringing it up like, okay, this is kind of uncanny, like we keep seeing each other, like what's this about? Um, sometimes, a lot of times we connect with people that we were connected to in other realms. Sometimes we connect with people who we were friends with and, and family with. In other, in other realms. And so we connect again on the spiritual realm. And sometimes we feel like... like it, I guess it's more so like when you feel like you know someone really well. Or you like really get to know... Or like you really um, feel connected to a person. You might not know them that well. You know them. But it's just like, huh, I feel like I've known you before. I feel like there's something, there's something else here. A lot of times there have been people that maybe we were lovers in a past life. Maybe we were friends in a past life. Maybe we... I don't, there's, there's so many different things. We we could have been related in the past life. We could have been married in the past life. Um, so I've, I'm always just, I think it's, it's important to, to, there's no, there's no one answer for this. It could be a, a whole bunch of different things, but if that was happening to me, I would be intentional about building a, a relationship with this person and saying like, what do you think it is? Like, what, why do we keep running into each other? Um, or maybe your spirits are just on on similar journeys which could be also great to connect with them because like why not connect with someone who's on a similar journey as you so i'm sorry i don't have like a super deep answer um i just cuz there's not one but yeah i would i would think i would think about it and also think about how you feel when you're around that person does it feel good? Is it? Are you happy to see them? Um, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Thank you for that. Um, you know what? I actually will answer the last question because it kind of goes into the question I just answered. So how do you identify the reason that you might be in a person's life or why a person might be intentionally placed in your life? And how do you utilize that for spiritual growth? Um, yeah, so I'm one of the people that believe every single person that you meet is for a reason, a spiritual reason in your life, every single person, some people more than others. Um, but you know how people always say like, some people are for a season and some people are for a reason. Like, I think everyone is there for a reason, but I think what they're trying to get, what that little corny phrase is trying to get to is that not everybody's supposed to be in your life for the full extent of your life. Everybody ain't going to be your friend for 20 years. Some people were just supposed to be your friend for two months to help you realize a certain thing and then be on their way. Some people are supposed to bring out the best of you in this one thing and help you, he- and and help you really, um, latch to that thing that you, that they brought out from you and you're supposed to soar with that. And they might not actually go to that next place of where you're soaring to. And that's okay. Um, for me, Interestingly enough, I think because I'm so used to having friends for a really, really long time, uh, when I meet people, I'm under the assumption that, oh, this is my lifetime friend. And I'm realizing as like, I'm not talking to certain people as much as I've lost friends, as I've lost partners, um, as people who were my friend, just like we're not as close anymore. It was like, okay, like maybe that season was just over and like that season was good. Like, it was fine. I learned something from all of them. And we can learn lessons from every single person that we meet. Even if they have harmed us deeply, we have learned some type of lesson. And it's so important to gather that lesson from our people. Because if you don't, we're going to keep having those same lessons over and over and over again. Until we get it. Like, literally. We will have the same lesson over and over again. And sometimes people are put in our lives to see if we... Have learned what we thought that we have learned. Like they're, I mean, so I, so I think that every person is in our life for spiritual growth. I think the important thing is figuring out what what is this person teaching me? Is this person teaching me that I need to learn to let go of some people? Is this person teaching me that I'm the shit and I didn't think I was the shit, but this person sees something in me that I'm that's so amazing, and so it's time for me to do that work and like latch onto my amazingness? Is this person trying to get me to... Are my ancestors communicating to me through this person? Which is a common one. Like I've recognized that one of my reasons for being in people's lives is to help them understand that they are gifted and powerful spiritual beings and to do ancestral work. Like that is one of my especially when I connect with you and we're friends I'm like oh baby like oh you've met me now okay so your spirits are trying to say something because I dream about my friends a lot I dream about my friends a lot I have visions about my friends a lot I have uh, my claircognizance with my friends happens all the time like I'm always just doing a little divination on the side because I'm like oh is that true about so-and-so like oh is that what is going on like oh should I tell them um is that what's What's going on? You know, like that happens a lot. So it's, it's really about paying attention to why you think people are in your life. And some people are in your life, uh, people who are bringing you down and that, you know, you don't need to be around. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Figure out what people are trying to teach you. Ask yourself, create inventory of your friends. What is your friend doing for you? What is this person doing for you? How are they helping you? And to be honest, I've had people in my life who have helped me, who I know didn't need to be in my life for a long period of time, but they helped me. Like, I had somebody come in my life. He flipped my world upside down and had me crying and just doing all this wild stuff. But in flipping my life upside down, because I allowed him to do that, I lost actually a lot of the things that I needed to get rid of. Like my life needed to be flipped upside down so I would wake up and be like, Oh, I've been living wrong. And this motherfucker just came in and flipped it all upside down. And even though he ain't do it in a way that I would have liked or appreciated, he taught me like he taught me a lot. No, he taught me like this is I have to choose myself. Like he like people will come in and teach you stuff and you can't sometimes we like to hold on to them because we've learned something from them even if it came from pain it's like no boo get your lesson and go and the people who are supposed to be around they'll be around and the people who ain't they won't but when we try to force relationships that should have ended that's when we start that's when we start you know messing ourselves up because all these people around us are here for spiritual growth all of us are and also figure out why you're in people's lives too. What do you contribute? What do you bring? So I hope that was I hope that was helpful. And thank you for that question. That's something I've been thinking about a lot, a lot, a lot too. So Oh, thanks. you know, last thing I want to do is shout out Natalie Estrella on Instagram. Um, because she reached out to me and clarified some things for me. On the last episode I said that um in Lukumi, part of uh Ifa. I said that there were no Iyas, which are women priests. And I was being uh, too colloquial. What I meant was that there are no Iyanifas in Lukumi, which means a priest of Ifa. There are priestesses in Lukumi. You can be a priest, and you can also be have the title apetebi which is wife of ifa but you cannot be an ifa priest in lukumi which is what i was trying to communicate but i was just saying ia which is just you know priestess so thank you for clarifying that um i just want folks to know just if you listen to the previous episode just women can be priests in lukumi they just cannot be priests of ifa like in ishe women can be priests of ifa Um, yeah, so I wanted to say that, but now that that's out the way, I just want to say thank you to everyone for tuning into this episode. I was literally like, yo, if y'all don't, um, if y'all don't (laughs) give me any questions or letters, I will not have an episode this week because I just don't have it in me. So I I just appreciate y'all coming through and just asking me a bunch of questions so that I have some content this episode. So thank you. That really means a lot. Um, again, you can always support this podcast by sharing, all rating, and subscribing on Apple Music or all SoundCloud or, or wherever you're listening to this, all um, you need Google this. Play, because that means a lot. I'm still trying to get on the uh, new and noteworthy section all in Apple, so all five-star reviews are deeply appreciated, and I just appreciate y'all, and I will hear from you next time on a little juju podcast thank you for tuning in and sending all my good loving and juju to you that you have a blessed 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 week life and tell your ancestors i said what's up all you need is a little juju later y'all